We go to work, and when we're off, we whine about our day. We sip our cares away, and you can do the same, cause you're in a safe place when you're whining with nurses. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Whining Whining with with Nurses. Nurses. I'm Sarah. And I'm Kat. And this is Petite Syrah. Uh, Hi, actually, I'm Petite Syrah. I'm Petite Syrah. This is a bottle of Petite Syrah. And I'm uh, talking about it first because I really, really want to open it. <laughs> <laughs> We're jonesing for some wine. Yeah. Also, I love Petite Syrah. Thanks for bringing this. Yeah. It's well, one of my favorite varietals. Um, what? I'm just going to talk while you open that so you can what? focus on it. <laughs> what is it actually, like what makes a Petite Syrah? A grape that's called Petite Syrah. Oh, Mm-hmm. Really? That's it? It's just a varietal. Yep. And I mean, of course you can blend other things with it, but it has to be a certain percentage of the Petit Syrah grape. <laughs> oh no. Oh no. Are we going to get to drink this? Oh, oh no. <laughs> the cork broke in half. because I was wiggling it too hard. Oh, <laughs> our fail. Wait, you have to pop it in the mic if we can't even, I don't think we can pop it anymore. Yeah, we can. I'll make a does that sound like a cork? <laughs> Takeshi, can you edit in Here. one of the cork popping sounds from a previous episode? <laughs> Someone had to do it. It had to be me. Feel- uh, didn't we do that with another bottle before? Remember we were saying, oh, it's funky. Because oh, yeah. The- you okay. did it. Okay. Yeah, I think All I right. did. I don't so, feel so bad. See, ain't can no shame me? in that game. I feel like I sound quiet. I can hear no? you, okay. but... Uh, Maybe to myself. We got, oh, there can, we go. That's better. Check the yeah. mic. Can we get a little more in mic the check, monitor here? Check. Um, <laughs> check the mic. <laughs> Takeshi, open our wine and do the sound, please. Come on. You're not do doing enough. You're once. not doing enough. <laughs> so how was your weekend, Sarah? Woo-hoo! You had a yard sale? I did. Uh, it, you know, we didn't make a lot of money or anything, but yeah. it was really fun. Um, <laughs> one of my neighbors made this big sign on a, a board like a big piece of plyboard. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was standing out on the corner of our street um, holding the sign up, kind of like a sign flipper, except oh, yeah. it was way too big to actually flip. <laughs> so I was just shaking it around and dancing. And then I was trying to get both ways of traffic. So if somebody was coming from one direction, I would show it to them and then I would jump around real quick and then do a little shimmy for the other direction. Yeah, It was just fun. I feel like you would enjoy doing that. I loved it. I've always wanted to be a sign flipper. Um this- I heard they make a lot of money. Do they? I don't know. Because don't like who how. wants to do that? So sorry, mine's, Me. mine's wider. So Man, if I'd known they made a lot of money, I would have not gone into nursing because I'd love to just dance 20 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to find a posting locally on Craigslist and see what I can find out. <laughs> uh. Have you seen that Mr. Pickles guy down by the Mr. Pickles sandwich yeah. shop? Ugh. Yeah, dancing pickle. That's my freaking dream, man. That is. Oh my gosh, Sarah. How have I never seen that and thought of you? Oh, by the way, we tried the pickles. So over this past weekend, um, Carter made pickles, homemade pickles. Like he made the brine and put all the stuff in it. Um, and he made two batches and one had like anise and no, no. Sorry, mm-hmm. allspice and cloves. Oh, I'm like, mm-hmm. no, it was anise. That's was, what he put in there. It was anise. <laughs> and it was interesting. Um, I'm not a huge fan of allspice, so. Uh, but the second batch turned out better. It was more dilly. Still a little sweet, though. Mm. Do you know if you can make it without sugar? Have you ever made pickles? I haven't. Sarah. I know. Pickles I need are to. life for you. <laughs> pickles are life. So true. We have to get you a shirt that says that. I need to. Oh, that would be a great shirt. I need okay. to try making pickles. My little sister makes them sometimes and she says they're really good. She got, I guess there's some recipe from Chili's or Applebee's or some restaurant that makes their own pickles. And Uh so she replicated it. This Petite Syrah smells wonderful. And you know what I love about Petite Syrahs? How dark and inky purple looking they are. I just love that. It's really purple, way more purpley than red. It's it's beautiful. I think it's really smooth. Mm -hmm. I really like it. I tasted it already. I haven't tasted it yet. What do you want to, what's the, uh, what's the brand and the oh, year yeah. and all that stuff? So it's a 2014, um, from Aristotle, which I like that name. It's, uh, grown in, very wise in Monterey, California, a state grown and sustainably farmed. Oh, um, yeah. 
Uh, they have a little quote. So it says, Aristotle, the ultimate value of life depends upon awareness and the power of contemplation rather than upon mere survival. Hmm. I'm guessing that's from Aristotle. I don't, I don't know. Um, <clears throat> that's yeah. the smartest wine bottle I've ever heard of. <laughs> it's 13.5% alcohol by volume in case you were wondering. <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you like it? I do. I think uh, like most petite Syrahs, it's a little mm, heavy at first, but and it tends to get better as it opens up. So mm-hmm. I don't it's think just going to get it. better and better. It's, a, it's a little, hitting him a little hard, I think. He's got some GI oh, distress yeah. tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, and we found out what gender Jen's baby is going to be, but we're not going to tell because that's her surprise. Oh, yeah. We'll let her tell it. But we know. Very happy for you both. That's and so your baby boy or girl. Yeah. So she's <laughs> thir- 16, 17. How, how many weeks do you know? I don't know. All I know is she's due uh, in February. So yeah. take the five and add the seven mm-hmm. minus seven. Four months? No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we could do math. That's why we're nurses and not engineers. Let's not though. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Unless we're forced to, no math. Um, oh, by the way. And Takeshi, just edit this out. Just have to remember to tell you. Uh, my mom doesn't want the 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 heating lamp thing. She said oh. it's too big. <laughs> but I said, I think we should have it <laughs> because I really think it'd be nice to sit outside and not be freezing because we're a freezing family. And um, it should be our just quote, the freezing family. And uh, anywho, so if we change our mind though, are you getting rid of it soon? Do you have any like- mm, He's going to post it on Craigslist. Oh, okay. Also, I'm going to advertise it to all of our listeners. Don't cut this out, Takeshi. We have a, <laughs> a restaurant quality heater. <laughs> I want it though. Can I just put it in my room? <laughs> yes, if you like the smell of propane. But see, it's the pretty kind. It's like the tall ones with the flame going up the center rather than Thanks, the- you're selling it for me. Yeah, I mean, it's like this nice like light silver, has the glass in the middle with the flame going up the middle instead of like the top, the ugly gray ones look like, you know, those a big version of like- those bug zappers, like bugs, you know? Yeah, you don't yeah, know. yeah. I don't know. No, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's a pretty one. Yeah, it's pretty. Um, mm-hmm. So guys, we started a new segment recently called Spin the Wheel, but we decided we're going to actually move that segment to our new short episode that's going to be coming out midweek in between our regular episodes, and we're going to call it Petite Sarah. Petit Sarah. So, so it's, a, it's something. So fitting to announce it on the episode we have Petit Sarah. Uh that is fitting. I didn't even think I didn't even think yeah. about it. Yeah. So <laughs> if you want to catch all the fun stories um from Spin the Wheel, we talk about a lot of just like nursing experiences, crazy stories. We're just still gonna talk about that here, but um that's just like a fun little short little episode midweek if you're missing us missing our vices extras game uh the game of spin the wheel the stories and the consequences if you have no story and we <laughs> we've got some fun consequences we should mm-hmm. put a picture of the wheel yeah except sarah took off the best one which is ride the unicorn that's because i have no unicorn to ride no. anymore but unfortunately oh takeshi's here oh my god what? We could just get a piggyback ride from Takeshi. Oh, oh yeah, you're the unicorn. <laughs> oh, this is great. We should put it back on. Uh, I don't know, it. though. Ride the unicorn, just ride Takeshi. It just sounds... <laughs> it does sound a little dirty. I don't think dirty. we should be doing that, though. <laughs> or you could do it like a kid, get on all fours on the ground. How are your knees? <laughs> I don't know. That also doesn't sound. Are you limber? (laughs) Are you able bodied? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Well, so we have nothing to talk about since there's no spin the wheel segment. So bye. (laughs) (laughs) I love your laugh, Sarah. (laughs) Just like the beginning. I'm like, now I'm thinking about it. I can't do it. (laughs) I just do it so happy. (laughs) (laughs) This laugh. (laughs) No, but like at work. So, um, you know, you're around the same people 40 hours a week or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, it's nice. I always like hear you laughing about oh, something and then you usually tell me what it is and it's really fun. Um, <laughs> or like every time you, usually, usually every time you sneeze, you laugh afterwards. <laughs> it 
because sneezes catch me off guard. And why am I sneezing so much this year? I'm not a sneezing person. And I feel like I'm <laughs> I having- don't sneeze. No, I mean, it's not, I feel like almost every day I have mm-hmm. a pretty big sneeze mm-hmm. and I'm not sick. It just comes out of nowhere. I think because our office has some allergens mm-hmm. or something in the- Are you allergic to dogs? I don't think I'm allergic to anything, but something's bothering me. Maybe it's dogs. Did it start when Zion and I started? No, no. <laughs> Zion is my service dog for Taiwan diabetes. What if it was her? Oh and I'm spending gosh. all this time with her she's right next to me at work all day. And then I take her on a walk on my lunch break. No, I think it's good for you. Like uh, there's tons of studies that um, have come out over the past however many years talking about, you know, 17 kid, million kids, <laughs> kids have a lot of allergies, you know, or peanut allergies. So they're saying you should microdose them starting when they can eat foods, microdose them with LSD, with LSD oh, solves all your problems. Allergen. <laughs> <laughs> no, but with peanuts and things that people, eggs, um, things that, you know, really common food aller- allergens. Hmm. Um, and if you do that, you're less likely to develop, develop an allergy to it. You know, in oh. contrast, if you like, have you ever stopped eating dairy for a while? No, and then, never. Okay. Why would I do that? Oh, I, I so don't good. know. But <laughs> if you do, a lot of people naturally are somewhat lactose intolerant and you kind of those symptoms of lactose intolerance kind of pop out more the less you eat something. So if you keep it regularly, your body kind of tolerates it more. Anyway, my point was you're around Zion. So if you're allergic, it's like microdosing. You know, that's Zion, true. Dog, a we're just bit. full on dosing since we do share a very small space right. together. Yeah, but yeah. I've grown up with dogs. I've never been allergic. Yeah, it would be weird if I got an allergy to dogs now. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think it would work if you were an adult. I think it would start as a kid. Yeah, and also though, I heard that if you are exposed to pets, um, I heard this on NPR, so it's legit um, <laughs> that your microbiome is more diverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you think about like dogs licking you all the time, especially mine. Oh, yours does, yes. Oh, it's so, yeah. Um, it's germy and it's not necessarily the best thing, but you are being exposed to all this other stuff. And I don't know. What are you thinking? You like it? I really like it. I yeah. think it's like really smooth. I like it. And I'm trying to figure out what it tastes like. I'm getting a little bit of um, prune or some kind of dried um you know, hmm. like a prune or a raisin or something like a dried fruit. Uh, and that's all I got so far. It seems kind <laughs> of like not one dimensional, but does that make sense? Like I don't taste like three different things in there. I taste kind of like an initial something and then it Aww, just kind of goes away. Listen to you. See, I'm learning just by drinking it and actually <laughs> thinking about it rather than just drinking it and not paying attention. Do you know what I mean though? Do I do. you get the yeah. same thing? Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Because like some wines that I would call full bodied, maybe, I don't know. Um, there's lots of different components to it and mm-hmm. it stays there and you can taste them. And then there's after flavors and all that. It's more complexity. Right. And this mm-hmm. is less complex to me. It's smooth and bitter or not. A little not tannic. Good. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. It's pretty good though. Mm-hmm. You doing okay? Okay. We're, we're checking just, in with our nurses. We're concerned about you. <laughs> Takashi's sick. Oh, Takashi. We protect uh we protect people's privacy unless you're related to us or a friend of ours. Yeah. <laughs> then we tell all of your stuff. <laughs> we will tell all your secrets. So Ryan got food poisoning and now Takashi has yeah. food poisoning and <laughs> <laughs> everyone's mom has diverticulitis or do they? We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I had a I was worried I had food poisoning when I told you on Friday, I like worked out and then threw up. Mm-hmm. But I did have Chipotle uh, earlier that day, like four hours earlier. And I was worried mm. maybe the Chipotle was like a little something bad, but then I didn't feel any, there was nothing else. There was, you know, so. It was I, just a one and done. Yeah. Kind of like needed a vomit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I might've worked out too hard, but uh, mm-hmm. who knows? You were getting ripped. Getting ripped, <laughs> getting so bulky. You're not even gonna recognize me. Soon. My voice gonna sound like this forever. I'm so yoked, <laughs> like <laughs> the least intimidating woman, man. <laughs> so, guys, we have a back to school special for you because uh, it's that time of year, right? Are mm-hmm. all your kids back in school yet? I hope for you that they are, because man, raising kids is probably really hard. Yeah, I wouldn't know, but I assume so. Um, And so with school and children come lots of infections. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to focus on two tonight. In fact, do we call it a viral infection? 
Hmm. Would you say infection? I don't know. I've never thought of that. Lots of infections. Like when you say, I have a cold and everything, I have an infection, like a viral infection. It's yeah. Like, I, I mean, I think it? so. Yeah. I, I think so infections can be bacterial or viral. Mm-hmm. You are infected with something. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I just never, I guess, said it that way or thought about it. But yeah, viral. Oh, tons. Yeah. Your kids back in school around everybody. Your nasty, nasty children with all their germs and saliva and boogers and poo. And then they bring that home. God forbid they have poo in them. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's something I'm not looking forward to, but it's it's life, you know? Yeah. And they're building their immune system, right? Are, are you always building your immune system? Um, I mean, I know in kids, you're initially building like the big immune responses to common stuff, but. I think, mm. um. I try to build my immune system by just, you know, licking dirty things sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I'm just kidding. But no, sometimes I, I, so, I believe you, Sarah. <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, go out of my way, but I do try not to be overly cleanly, you know, mm-hmm, like, um, mm-hmm. okay, I believe in hand washing at work for sure, yes. you know, but at home, I don't wash my hands Mm-mm. every time after I go to the bathroom. No, I don't either. And if I'm cooking, unless I'm yeah. cooking for other people, because nobody wants to eat food that is, right. you know, yeah. whoa, am I telling too much? No, no, no. Um, I think this may, I mean, if I, I make you a casserole, I have washed my hands. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> I mean, it's relevant though, because everyone cooks, everyone, and there's a, there was I haven't like looked it up lately, but this huge thing about hand sanitizer and antibiotics and all these things and all the germs are bad and that's not really truthful. So, Mm -hmm. you know, moving away from everything needs to be sterile 24 seven. It's not actually good and it can actually hurt people by trying to stay away from all of the germs. I agree a hundred percent. Also, maybe we should review um, proper hand washing and how the temperature of the water is not really, you know, like proper hand okay. washing so people know. Cause I think about it every time I wash my hands. Do you know about the water temperature? I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, this is what I learned in nursing school. I don't Good. know if things Good. have changed, I don't remember. but <laughs> when you wash your hands and you, what you're doing, if it's with soap and water is you're not like killing bacteria. You, if you're using a non-antibacterial, no, you don't need to use antibacterial soap. Just use regular soap. Um, you are just literally brushing those germs off of your hands. So you take water, the temperature is you can never get the temperature hot enough that you could stand with your hands to actually kill the germs. So the water temperature doesn't particularly matter. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, that's I what it is. I thought there was a certain thing you were going to tell me. It has to be 110 degrees or no. it's not going to... No. Also, like who's going to wash your hands in like hot enough water to kill germs? That's why it's kind of a mute point. Dip your um, hands in boiling water. Yeah, there you go. Then you'll kill some germs, but we're not going to do that, right? So Everything except for spore-forming <laughs> bacteria. <laughs> so save your gas bill. You can wash your hands with cold water. You can wash your laundry with cold water. I don't know. That's what I do. Um Whatever. Anyway, I'm not going there. So uh, hands with cold water and your it's the friction. So the friction is what, and the soap and the water is what's getting all the germs off into the sink away from your body. Um, and that's all you really need. You don't need to sanitize your hands because you're going to touch other <laughs> things and you don't need all of the bacteria to be dead. You don't need antimicrobial, antibacterial soap for every single thing you use. You just need the bad bacteria to be dead. Right. There's good So make and bad sure you bacteria. get those ones and then leave the other ones alone. Mm-hmm. I love this episode. It's just all about like bacteria and germs and, and viruses. Things that and, they cause. Yeah. Uh, and don't you have to do it for a certain amount of time? Like right. you're supposed to sing the happy birthday song twice or the ABCs yeah. once or. Basically, the longer the better. So no one really spends two minutes at the sink like washing their hands. But if you can do it more than like a two second rinse underwater, so more friction, soap, try to. Yeah, sing happy birthday to you, happy birthday to Twice you. Twice, people. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. I don't really do that. I just try to rub them as fast as I can to get the most friction with soap and water. And that's you it. You nasty. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> <laughs> but again, we don't need to be too clean. Yeah. You know, you don't want to create a bubble boy if it's not necessary. If you don't have an, if you're a regular person that's not immunocompromised, you don't need to... <laughs> You know, it just made me think of. Um, have you seen the new It that came out? The yeah, and the boy that's allergic to everything, and mm-hmm. he's got to go home mm-hmm. and take a pill, and it's just his mom's just doing that to be overprotective mm-hmm. or whatever. I'm allergic. Yeah, <laughs> but then so talk about the point of that. Like, why do we not need to stay away from bacteria, all bacteria? 
because some bacteria is good. You know, you do, um, everyone has bacteria on your skin um, that's just living there normally. And if you try to kill off too much of it, you can cause an imbalance. Um, you want balanced, a balance of, of good bacteria to mm-hmm. occupy the space so that harmful bacteria can't occupy spaces on or in your body and then wreak havoc. Mm-hmm. Like in your gut, you know, um, that's one of the reasons why it's, it's not a good idea to take antibiotics if you don't need them because um, one, if you don't need them, they're not actually going to help you. And two, they might damage, you know, the the balance of the bacteria that already exist in your body mm-hmm. and make you susceptible to infections. And three, let's say you take antibiotics inappropriately, so you only take it half the time that you're supposed to. And all right, now you feel better, so you stop. Well, then the bacteria that are left that you didn't kill are just the biggest, baddest, strongest ones. So then that's how we develop bacteria that are resistant to antibiotics. Mm -hmm. Because the ones that are alive obviously didn't get killed by the antibiotics the first go round. So they're going to be more likely to survive when they reproduce. They're going to make the healthier bacteria babies. Mm -hmm. Survival of the fittest and they were the fittest and they lasted now. Like bacteria Iron Man family. (laughs) Super bugs. Yeah. Yeah. And we do, we have bacteria covering our whole bodies. And if we try to kill or really change that because we're afraid of them. Well, they're most of the time not going to hurt you. Um, It's like spiders. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave them alone. Let them be on your body. I did actually last (laughs) night. There was a spider in our room and I just left it there. But it was on the other end of where my bed is. But I just like left it and it's, I forgot to check if it's still there or not, which now I'm worried. Carter, go check. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Anyway, oh, but update. the point is if you kill too many, then more will, so if you kill tons of the good ones by using a ton of hand sanitizer, maybe, I mean, I don't know if that's really how it works, but then there are more of the bad ones will take over. I mean, that's the point is messing with the balance. They're fighting each other off and they have their own balance and ecosystem in mm-hmm. your gut, on your skin, in your nose, there's different bacteria all over your body, good and bad. And if you don't mess with it, usually it's fine. Word. Word. I'm like, yep, she said Word. it. Well, um, like we have MRSA on our skin, right? Uh, Everybody has. I think we do. Or strep. Oh, no, staph, sorry. We have staph, but I don't staph. think we have necessarily MRSA. That's no, the, I meant staph. I meant okay. to say staph, yeah. Staph aureus? Yeah. But not the methicillin-resistant staph aureus, because that would be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, okay, well, we could talk about bacteria forever. There's yeah. a lot of information. I'm like, I probably need to but, look some of this stuff up before I talk more about it. Just yeah, the, yeah. Um, back to the spiders. Sorry, I wanted to give you guys an update. Larry Son is gone. Oh. I don't know where he went. He probably went down the drain with Larry. Mm. But I did find another spider, Sheila. She's behind my nightstand. What kind of spider is she that? She looks exactly the same as Larry mm. and Larry Son. Well, how do you know it's not Larry Son I then? don't, but- I don't think he would have made it that far and developed the web that's back there already mm-hmm. in that short amount of time. But is it like a white spider or like a black? It or looks kind of like a daddy long legs, but oh. with a different shaped body. Is it like the round circular body? No, the, it's no. a little bit longer, Okay, but with the big long legs, like yeah. a daddy long mm-hmm. legs. For some reason, those are less scary than like the juicy black ones. I don't know why. I know. Okay, so should we get into the stuff we uh, yeah. came yeah. to talk about? Yes. So our, our uh, back to school special... We're calling it M&M because we're talking about two infections that are common in uh, school age children that start with M, mono and meningitis. Woo-hoo. Do you want to go first? I love M&Ms. Uh, not those kind though. Uh, no, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So I'm taking on mono, infectious mononucleosis, aka the kissing disease, you nasty, nasty teenagers. <laughs> okay, so I learned so much about this. I thought mono was a bacterial infection. Mm-hmm. I, I never had it, and I just made up whatever I thought it was, and that's mm-hmm. what it was in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, but it turns out it's a contagious infection, and it's it can be from multiple different viruses. Actually, it's not just like one virus that gives you mono, and it's mm-hmm. not bacteria, mm-hmm. by the way. Mm-hmm. Um It's a virus. It's a virus. Virus and bacteria are very different. So it's usually caused by a virus called EBV or Epstein-Barr virus. Um, Or it could also be caused by, Takeshi, get ready, CMV, cytomegalovirus. Mm. Um, It could also be caused by toxoplasmosis, which we've mentioned before. HIV, which I'll talk about that a little bit later. Rubella, 
hepatitis A, B, or C, or adenovirus. We have a visitor, guys. Uh, we're oh. recording in my house now. Um, yeah. The Laugh Cellar moved locations to the Flamingo in Santa Rosa. Sorry, sidetrack. Flamingo uh, Hotel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So go check them out there for your comedy needs, all of them. I'm really excited to go. Is it open now or yeah, we can go. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and Maki, my cat is here. She's trying to <laughs> Hi, Maki. be a part of the show. Um, okay. So back to mono. How do you know if you have mono? Well, <laughs> your symptoms might include extreme fatigue, fever, a sore throat, headaches, body aches, swollen lymph nodes. Remember last week, Kat told us about um, how you can feel that little space between your jaw and your neck and there's swollen glands. Those in particular get swollen with um, mono. You can get a rash. And in some cases, uh, an enlarged liver or spleen or both. And your liver and spleen can remain enlarged uh, even after your other symptoms go away. So because of that, it's important if you have mono to avoid uh, like direct contact. You know, you shouldn't play football or wrestle or get punched if you can help it if you have mono because if you have an enlarged spleen and you get injured you could rupture your spleen what about really calm sex is that okay (laughs) it better be gentle (laughs) (laughs) and just stay away from the abdomen area except that it's spread isn't it spread in like body fluids it is so So don't do that but you know it's mono it's the kissing disease you both probably already have it you nasty nasty people (laughs) (laughs) That's not how you get it, people. It's not the only way. So most of the time, the symptoms that people get from mono go away in, you know, two to four weeks. Um, Oh, sorry, back to the spleen. So why is it so bad if you rupture your spleen? Because it's an important organ. It uh, filters out your blood and it recycles red blood cells. You can actually do without it if you have to, but then you're more likely to get infection. So you could... Could you get mono again? Because it filters your blood. Uh-huh. Yeah. I guess I forgot about the spleen, except it holds like two point two liters something of blood, right? Yeah, I think because it's yeah. recycling the blood. And yeah. so, yeah. Oh, God. So you'd like hemorrhage crazy if you like rupture your spleen. Oh, gosh. That sounds terrible. I'm, I assume so. Yeah. Um, and while we're on the subject of what does your spleen do? What does your liver do? Because we talked about that could get swollen too. Um, that one filters your blood as well and it removes lots of toxins and it does so many other things. It makes proteins that um, play a role in cholesterol regu- regulation, blood clotting and other things. I'm not going to- it, it secretes um, just- because I'm a diabetic. <laughs> um, so it secretes uh, glucose or glucagon that gets converted to glucose. Oh, yeah. Um, so glycogen. Glycogen, yeah. yeah. So something called a glu- well, glyc- glu- glucagon is the injection Wait. I give myself. So yeah, no, glucagon's. Sure. But a glucagon's thing. a hormone that tells your liver to secrete glucose, I think. Oh. So I should know this. But anyway, glucogenesis is the process. So your liver does secrete glucose, especially while you're sleeping. So hmm. that's something our body does. And it, yeah, like you said, filters cholesterol when we sleep a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's how we don't become hypoglycemic when we sleep, mm-hmm. unless you're a diabetic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause your liver's there doing stuff for you. Right. Cause you're not eating. Usually people are fasting when they're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And so your liver. Unless you're one of those nighttime, like you get up in the middle of the <laughs> night and you eat a stick of butter. Oh, <laughs> a stick of butter. Well, that wouldn't See help that with people your blood sleep sugar eating. Anyway. <laughs> Are you one of those kids that like licked butter and liked it? No, but itself? I am now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love butter. <laughs> okay, so there's no vaccine for mono and antibiotics won't work because as I mentioned before, it's usually caused by a virus. So um, what can you do to take care of it? Basically, there's not much you can do. You just rest, you treat the symptoms. So if you have a headache or fever, you can take some Tylenol. You know, you can, uh, you should stay really well hydrated and whatever makes you feel good. If it's a really, really bad infection, you know, they could give you an antiviral medication, but I don't think that's really common mm-hmm. to do. Usually they just let it run its course. Because mm-hmm. um, typically- it's not something that's going to kill you. The only time it's really dangerous is if you have an enlarged liver or spleen and then that right. gets injured. Right. Um, so why is it so common in teenagers? I mean, we know it's spread by saliva and kissing, but why that group in particular? Um, so 
when infants and young children get exposed to the Epstein-Barr virus, they usually have really mild symptoms, if any at all. So it's like they are exposed to it and they never even knew they were sick. So the older you are when you're exposed to the virus, the more likely you are to have uh, an over-exaggerated immune response and then feel really crappy. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you've avoided it while you're a kid, while you're a little kid, but then you get exposed during your teenage years, you're more likely to feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, And during the teenage years, you know, it gets nicknamed the kissing disease because that's when they're all experimenting with heavy petting and Mm -hmm. making out (laughs) and doing all their nasty stuff, uh, swapping all kinds of spit. And that's where it's, you know, heavily concentrated. You're usually right in high school with like a bedillion other kids. So you're, whereas Mm -hmm. like adults, we're not often- spending so much time in tight quarters with all that amount of people. That's true. Yeah, I don't even think about that. There's so many people and do they practice the best hand hygiene? Probably not. I mean, you could probably be exposed to someone's Mm -hmm. spit without actually French kissing them. Oh yeah, it's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Spit, snot. I mean, like I know people today that wipe their nose with their hand and wipe it on their pants and it's just, Gross, but. I do that if I'm running and I don't have a tissue. Okay, well, there's there's situations, <laughs> but when, anyway, but so that's another anyway. It's another way to. Yeah, I actually had mono when I was. A Did kid. you? Yeah, I don't you really remember. Nasty much. girl. How I many people I, were you making out with? I'm pretty sure it was before I ever even kissed anybody. <laughs> um, I don't remember it being like a big deal though. But I remember I had a friend who she was like out for weeks and weeks, and I was like a couple days, and I was like I'm tired, and I just like slept a lot, and then. Hmm. was fine, but I could be remembering it wrong. That doesn't sound so bad. I wish I would get a mono like that and I could just take a few days off work right now. I know. <laughs> I just want to sleep. The unfortunate thing is you're sick out of work. So you, like, if you're legit sick out of work, you're like, oh, this is so crappy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, huh. Okay, so what else? Mononuclear. Diagnosing mono. So, you know, typically... If a doctor suspects you have mono, they just base that on your symptoms. Um, but sometimes doctors will do something called a monospot test. And that's to, I think it looks for the Epstein-Barr virus in particular, but it's not the best test and the CDC actually doesn't recommend it because, so it's really good at detecting if you have it. Wait, sensitivity and specificity. So it's very specific so it's really good at knowing if you have it. So, yes. You mean Sorry, like, like, because it's like, but, it's like having like, like the herpes virus, like you can have it in your body, but it doesn't mean you like you're, you have, you have active warts or something like that on your fingers or whatever. Well, that's another thing. But the, what I'm saying with the monospot test is, okay, so it's, it's not very sensitive, but it is very specific. So mm. if you get the mono test and it's, uh, negative, it might be falsely negative. Like mm-hmm. it has kind uh-huh. of a moderate rate of false negatives. Okay. So you might actually have it and the test says you don't. And then right. they go looking for other things, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and trying to figure out what yeah. it is. Yeah. And this took me on kind of a fun little search and I ended up on reading this case study. And this is a really rare thing that could happen, but this happened to this woman who was in her sixties and <clears throat> she had gone to the doctor feeling crappy with the symptoms I already mentioned. And she said to them that she'd had sex with a new partner unprotected recently. Mm -hmm. So first they check her for mono, they do the monospot test and it comes up negative. So then they do an initial HIV screening, which comes out back positive. And then they follow that up with a Western blot test, which is I think a more specific Mm -hmm. HIV test. Mm -hmm. Um, And that comes back negative. And they also checked a viral load to see how many HIV viruses she had. And Mm -hmm. that was negative. Hmm. So then they went back two weeks later and did the monospot test and it came back positive. And it turns out she had Epstein-Barr virus. So she just had this really rare combination of a false negative and then a false positive, which sucks, man. Could you imagine how scared? Wow. So it wasn't necessarily that Epstein-Barr virus made it look like she had positive for HIV. It's just that it happened to be two falses. Right. In the same time. That's crazy. Two wrongs don't make a right. terrifying. I know. Think you might have mono, not the worst thing usually. And then like, I'm sorry, you have HIV. Nope. Sorry again. lifelong diagnosis. We are wrong thrice. (laughs) Um, So um, I was thinking about that. Uh, You know, well, why would a new diagnosis of HIV mimic mono because I mm-hmm. thought if, so my understanding of HIV was 
you contract HIV and then it takes a long time for you mm-hmm. to actually develop AIDS, which is the full on, you know, right. full blown illness. Right. And then your immune system is suppressed and then you get all these other infections. Mm-hmm. But it turns out when you first are exposed to HIV, there's this, you can get something called, um, I think it's called acute retroviral synd- syndrome or something mm-hmm. when you're initially exposed to it. Mm-hmm. So even if the person who you contracted it from wasn't sick with anything or didn't look sick, you get it just because I think it's like this onslaught of a new virus in your body and you just have this response that looks like mono. That's crazy. Weird. Yeah. Wow. That would be a terrible way to find out. I guess it's always terrible, but- Wow, that's interesting. Isn't that. it? Yeah. Okay, I learned a couple more things. Do you want to hear them? Yeah, I want to okay. hear them. <laughs> I don't know why I had so much fun uh, researching this. Like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> and then we learned about the viruses. What else did and then learn I learned more about viruses. <laughs> also, I, I want to make a point though about like antibiotics because I think a lot of people like when they're sick and they're like, oh, you have the common cold or whatever, they want antibiotics. I'll just get a pack. Yeah, everyone wants antibiotics. Well, antibiotics do not kill viruses. It's not how it works. You don't right. take antibiotics unless it's a bacterial, antibiotic, bacterial. I don't know if that even makes, You're but like, it's B and B. both okay? have Bs, all right? So remember that. <laughs> but it kills bacteria. It does not kill viruses. And viruses, you oftentimes- just run their course. Right. They run their course and they're, and they're, they're gone. And then your immune system kicks their ass. Yeah. Um, it's just totally a different mechanism. So, and also it's just not the best. If you can ever avoid antibiotics, always avoid it. It suppresses your own gut microbiome, which is really important for our health and um, can cause a lot of superbugs, meaning really, really strong uh, antibacterial uh, sorry, really, really strong bacteria that can not be killed by any bacteria. Uh, what am I saying? They can't be killed by any antibiotics. Antibiotics, or thank you. At least not the regular ones. Like right. you might have to get a really strong, mm-hmm. maybe even IV antibiotic that's harmful to your right. kidneys or something else. Right. Or it can develop into ones that we have no antibiotics for and we're powerless and some people die that way. So if you can avoid antibiotics, please do so. All unless these, you need them. Right, of course. I'm. Do, uh, yeah. yeah, unless the doctor says you need an antibiotic because you need it. Because you have this bacterial right. infection. But if you have the common cold and they say it's just viral, you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's my spiel. Go ahead. Okay, so the Epstein-Barr virus, I just in reading about it, I learned it's part of the herpes family of viruses. And I was mm-hmm. like, how big is this family <laughs> of herpes viruses? Because I feel like we keep learning about new ones. When I was growing up, and we were learning about STIs in school, or as we called them back then, STDs. Mm-hmm. Why did they change it? I don't know. Because infection sounds nicer than disease. It's the same thing. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, maybe because disease sounds longer, like forever, whereas infection, I don't know. It's like, you yeah. can get rid of it. I like STD better just because I'm used to it. Me but, too. Yeah, anyway. Okay, so, uh, you know, I thought there was just the two types of herpes that you can get through sexual contact, herpes one and herpes simplex two. Um, and then we learned later that chickenpox is part of the herpes virus and mm-hmm. then shingles, cause that's just a later iteration of chickenpox. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what else is in there? Cytomegalovirus, uh, not Epstein-Barr virus. This, I just, that's what led me on this search. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry, put that one aside. No, just kidding. It is, Epstein-Barr virus is in there. <laughs> <laughs> Redaction. Yeah, Epstein-Barr, cytomegalovirus. And roseola virus, which uh-huh. is, there's two types of those, human herpes, six and seven. And then radnovirus, which is also known as Kaposi sarcoma associated huh. um, herpes virus. So that one is actually associated with um, Carposi's sarcoma, which is a cancer. Oh. And also Epstein-Barr virus can make you more likely to get certain types of cancer. Huh. Crazy. Crazy. But uh, if you guys want to learn about any of all those, we're not going to talk about all of them, but you can go on like CDC website or mm-hmm. uh, just the Google and like look them all up. There's more information than you'll ever want to know. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's all on the interwebs. And if you're like Sarah, you'll go down a rabbit hole and learn so much. I know. I'm like, and then, did you know? And then. <laughs> uh, there's something else I was going to tell you about the viruses. So there's eight herpes viruses and these viruses don't go away. They live in your body forever once you get them. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what it was I was going to say. HPV is not in that family, right? Human no. Virus? Okay. No. Yeah, that's different. Uh, uh, I have one of those. I have one of these 
Um, Ooh, can we play a guessing game? Which one is it? The varicella zoster. The, no. the chicken pox one. No. Because you've, yeah. Well, you've, I have had that, yes. Okay. But I have another one. Epstein-Barr. Because no. you've had mono. Oh. So probably. Well, then that one Which, too. by the way, oh gosh, 90% so of people, by the time they're an adult, will have been exposed to Epstein-Barr virus. Yeah. Huh. So. Um, well, warts. Like uh, finger warts, not warts. Oh, so warts. that's one of the herpes simplex viruses? Or which one is that? Yeah. Uh, it's... I thought... Oh, wait, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I think that's something else. Well, now I want to look it up. Look it up. Are you talking about like a planter's wart or- Yeah, like warts on your fingers, toes, knees, whatever. Like the like warts, I like when I was a kid, I haven't had any as an adult. Sometimes I get these little, little weird white bubble things, not white, I don't know, skin colored bubbles. And I'm like, oh, I'm developing a wart and it just goes away. But when I was a kid, I had warts. I had like on my knees and on the bottom of my feet and on my hands- Actually, and then they went away. And I, it's the human papilloma, papilloma virus, HPV. Dude, I was okay. I was right, and I have I have had positive HPV before, and huh. I had to have the colposcopy. So that's where they take a little piece of your cervix, mm-hmm. um, they take it out, and then they test it, mm-hmm. and then they're like, most of the time, it's always negative. So a lot of people have positive HPV. Like I know exactly what you're talking about because I had the same thing you happen. Because everybody's got oh. HPV. If you yeah. don't have HPV, then you haven't lived. Yeah, and I've <laughs> <laughs> okay. Don't listen to Sarah, <laughs> but I'm just no, kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, um, I also had the shots. Did you get the Mm-mm. shots for? Jesus? I was too old when they became a thing. Oh, okay. Oh. Poor me. I'm so old. You're so old. No. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I had the colposcopy, which didn't bother. Do you think it was painful? Uh, it was horrible. Really? I yes, had- I hated it. Do you also think like uh, pap smears are really yes. painful? Okay. So I must just be this weird person. Like none of that. You've got a desensitized vagina and I cervix. Don't, maybe that's the case. Seriously. Maybe <laughs> having kids will be great. I don't know. But like everyone says like it's painful and it like is all they're that. taking a chunk of your tissue I didn't with think no it was anesthetic. Painful at Jerks. All. You should give anesthetic. Don't be mean. Yeah. Um no, but like Pavsmer isn't too. I don't think they're painful. <laughs> I, I mean they're scraping. I don't, I don't I mean it's not like comfortable, but it doesn't hurt. Yeah. I don't Maybe like mine it. just don't have any nerves, which is great. I do not mind that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. One more thing on herpes viruses. Um, my cat Maki, she has one of a, a type of feline herpes. Oh, how did you know? Like how they does told that manifest? us when we adopted her. So it's um, it manifests as her mm. sneezing and snotting all the time. Like, do you ever I notice that you she gets that. sniffly? No. And then she sneezes, especially in the winter, it gets bad, and she'll sneeze in these big long mucus threads and like boogers come out and then we'll find them on our Ew. wall. She always climbs oh, on the back of the oh couch my God. We need to and stop. she'll sneeze. Oh, Sorry. Oh. I mean, we just find little surprises so and then you just wipe them off. Um, <laughs> one time. <laughs> She's nasty. Um, so we put some L-lysine on her food because I read online that that's supposed to help and it seems to mm-hmm. help, mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't like the way it tastes. Yeah. I remember mm. you actually telling me about this when I like first met you that your cat had this. And, I was and like, one of Jen's cats know. does too. Really? Mm-hmm. Mikey, huh. Mikey and Maki, they have the herpes. Aww, They've had a very sordid past. <laughs> <laughs> but we accepted her, Maki, into our lives with no judgment. Right. Well, we're a nurse. That's our, that's, that's your nature. You that's know? right. <laughs> of course. We're just perfect saints that accept everyone and love them all for who they are. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, my fun condition is meningitis. And it's an inflammation of the meninges. Sarah, do you know what the meninges are, Sarah? I might. What the meninges? <laughs> there are three membranes, very thin, that cover the brain and spinal cord. So they're filled with cerebrospinal fluid. Um, they kind of, um, I don't know all of their functions, but pad and protect your brain from, you know, and spinal cord from- They fight crime. Splashing around, yeah. <laughs> He's fight crime, sure. That'd be great. Anyway, they do. They manage your finances. 
Maybe. It's a part of, I'm just kidding. I don't know if I have meninges because <laughs> I, I need some help with these areas. No. Um, and uh, so there are lots of different types of meningitis, but um, meningitis is basically the inflammation inflammation of those meninges. So those layers that cover your brain and spinal cord. So when either um, a fungus or a parasite or a virus, a bacteria enter your bloodstream, they go to your spine and brain and the, infect the fluid around the meninges. Mm-hmm. And um, that's not a good thing. <laughs> so most most meningitis infections are viral mm-hmm. um, and, and are common in college freshmen. Kind of, again, the same thing we talked about. You're around a lot of people, co- close quarters, mm-hmm. maybe sexually experimenting. I don't know. Um, adolescence. Let's swap spinal fluid. Let's, let's just do the swappage. It's uh, so adolescence. People traveling um, to different countries where meningococcal disease is common. So I don't know. Maybe more third world countries where they don't have as many vaccines. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot more. Like there's polio. It's eradicated here because of vaccination. But in other countries, it's still a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then children ages two or older who don't have a spleen because oh, right because they lost it during their bout of mono mm, right so but there are special conditions so obviously anyone who's um, slightly immunocompromised you're always at risk for more um, viral infections uh, or bacterial or anything because your body can't fight it off as well so um, viral is more common it's less serious it kind of runs its course um, there, and you can get a vaccine for that one right you can so you can get a um vaccine for bacterial oh, because viral are more common and they're not as bad. So most people live through it and you have, you know, headache, fatigue. I mean, symptoms that can be anything, uh-huh. but bacterial are really serious. So there are several different vaccines for the bacterial type of meningitis. I did not know that. I, f- yeah. I had it mixed up. And for some reason I started thinking you can't get a vaccine for any bacterial thing, but can yeah. you? You can Okay, tell me, yeah. sorry. So um, it says there are two types of primary vaccines for meningitis. Um, the first one is meningococcal conjugate vaccine. So um, it targets four, because you can get meningitis from tons of different things, from fungus, from bacteria, but mm-hmm. um, also ty- many different types of bacteria can cause meningitis. Okay. Um, so there's vaccines against those different types of bacteria, which I don't need to list all of them. Um Tell me one. Do I know there, any of them? There are four. <laughs> I don't know if I actually included it on my little cheat sheet here. That's okay. I, I thought I did, but I'm sorry I didn't. Um, there are four most common types of of, of them. Um, let's see. So you get your initial meningitis vaccine, and then you get your boosters, and there's meningococcal meningitis I don't know, men B vaccine that you get um, that targets one specific strain. Um, and it's a, it's a window that's a lot shorter. I don't know. I don't know about the whole vaccine schedule as much in detail, but you do get um, vaccinations for against these meningococcal bacteria because, again, the viral viruses are usually less serious than bacterial infections. Bacteria are harder to kill. Is yeah. that why? I don't know. But either way, meningitis is serious because anything that infects your brain and spinal fluid. Yeah. I'm like, I have a guess why. Go Sarah. Because I bet the bacteria can cross the blood-brain membrane, but it's hard mm. to find antibiotics that can cross the blood-brain membrane mm-hmm. to treat them. Mm. I made that, that would up, make sense. but I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> Any doctors listening? <laughs> Probably kidding. Or just us. nurses who know better. <laughs> <laughs> or like a mom. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I thought I didn't. I didn't go into too much detail just about it as much as you did, Mono. But that's okay. Um, I got. It's just in. really not good. So if you have um, s- some bad like um, symptoms of bacterial meningitis or like a stiff, really stiff neck or painful. Um, What's that? Uh, what's that part of the neck? Your your occipital o- lobe. Occipitus. The, your occiput. N- occiput. Yeah, the very back of your your nuke nuchal, right? I well, think anyway. that's only in in, in uh, infants, right? 
Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> anyway, if your neck is really <laughs> stiff and really hurting or the bottom part of your head where it connects with your neck, um, if it hurts when you like um, try to put your chin to your chest, any stiffness, new stuff like that, fever, um, nausea, vomiting. I mean, that could also be signs of a lot of other stuff, but if you have this random stiffness mm-hmm. that and it's stiff and painful in the back of your neck, I don't know. I guess that's like a, that's a, so you're saying I've like, asked people that before. If like, you have that, but you're not like, you don't have a good reason for it. Like you didn't just do a bunch of weightlifting or some right. kind of thing that would right. explain it. Obviously you have to kind of use common sense. And like, if you just some did your first don't. type of a new workout, <laughs> but if you did a first workout and you're sore, well, that's different than you like woke up, you have a fever, your neck and back of your head is really, really painful and sore and stiff and you don't want to move it. You're feeling really not yourself. You feel like you're going to throw up. You're dizzy. You're disoriented. You know, obviously those are really concerning symptoms. Mm-hmm. Whether it's meningitis or not, those are concerning symptoms. Um, Do you have to get a spinal tap if you have meningitis, like to diagnose it? or Bacterial? Um, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure one of my siblings had meningitis before. I know at least one of my siblings has had a a spinal tap, but I think it was Mm -hmm. for something else. Mm -hmm. Um, But anyway, I was just, Mm -hmm. yeah, thinking about those two things. What else would it be for? Um, You don't have to share it. There was some reason why there there was excess cerebrospinal fluid and they needed to drain some of it. Yeah. Was having like pressure in their head? uh Uh-huh. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which sounds horrible. A spinal yeah. tap. Have you ever seen one? Yeah. Yeah. When I was on my oncology rotation, it's cancer. Yeah. Yeah. We, so I saw a kid, a couple kids go through spinal taps. But I don't know. For for a kid, they put them out. They, uh, they you know, it's mm-hmm. too much. An adult, you can kind of talk to and tell them what they're going to do. Whereas a kid is going to be really frightened. And also they need to stay very still. Uh, during a spinal tap, obviously, you're in all those areas where any damage could be detrimental. So, mm-hmm. Don't move. So they knock them out and they have the anesthesiologist right there monitoring the kid. Everyone is so nice. I mean, it's 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 warm and it's loving. I really loved that rotation. I just thought it was fascinating. Of course, it's sad, but most parts of a hospital, they're very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even labor and delivery where you're like, oh, it's all babies all day. Well, sometimes they're stillborn or they die or the mom dies and there's sad parts everywhere. But I just feel like, like outpatient, so like what what we do, we're working not um, in the hospital. We it's not as sad. We see more. Mm-hmm. There's less. We of see that less stuff. acute, really, really, really sick, dying people that are in a tons of. I mean, we we do see that, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. It's just not. It's more rare, or we'll find out someone someone died, and we didn't really experience right. that with them or their family. But mm-hmm. you know, yeah. But it's still sad because we've experienced other things with them and their family. Right, right. Yeah. It's just um, different. It's different. I was in a, working in a teaching hospital at one point and they were doing a spinal tap on an adult who um, was calm and could follow directions. But for some reason, the I think it was a resident or someone who just didn't have very much experience and they mm-hmm. were learning, you know, mm-hmm. and they had to stick the patient a couple of times before they could actually mm-hmm. get the fluid. And, mm-hmm. oh, that was just challenging. That was difficult to watch. I was, yeah. everyone was kind of holding their breath and yeah did you see the fluid come out I was like I I don't think they ended up getting it when I was there I think they ended up just putting the plan on hold and then Mm -hmm. they were going to try again the next day or something because I mean three times is too many times to poke someone in the spine you know you don't want to torture anybody right one time is probably torturous yeah Yeah, I can't even imagine oh yeah maybe that's what they did was change the plan to just anesthetize the person and then then do it yeah, yeah I can't remember it was a long time ago but it was interesting. Ooh. I had no idea what to expect. You hear about spinal taps and then I saw it, you know, the kid is lying there and they're, I mean, the, whoever did it, this woman was fabulous and um, she found the right area. She just poked it in. You stick kind of the needle and then the catheter and then just this, they have a little tube right outside of the opening from the catheter mm-hmm. and uh, just this clear, it looks just like water, just drips into this tube and then they collected and it's good if it looks like water right if it's cloudy that's bad because that means it's infected sure I don't know I mean I well so. this was different this was for cancer and blood counts and mm-hmm. to see if mm-hmm. there was cancer in his spinal fluid you know I don't know mm-hmm. sad stuff but uh, this just looked like water so yeah sure I don't know 
I don't really know much about um, CSF, cerebrospinal fluid, CSF, and uh, cloudiness. And so if it's cloudy, it's infected. I think so. Kind of like urine. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. <laughs> if your urine's cloudy, it might be because it's infected. Yeah. Or your bladder is infected, not the urine. That's just a fluid. Oh, I have a good story about that. Let's hear it. So, uh, times when, when you should use antibiotics. Yeah. <laughs> I worked in primary care um, previously, and there was a woman who came in. She had a little bit of symptom, a little symptoms of, um, excuse me, of uh, UTI kind of, but it wasn't like really bothering her that much. So the doctor said, well, leave us a urine sample and we'll test it. We did a lot of testing in office and, um, and, and then sent that, sent them out clearly the samples and man, you looked at her urine sample that looked like a beta fish. No, no, no. What are those fishes that like have the, <laughs> that like are, have to be alone in the tank? They're fighting. Yeah, betas. Beta fish. Okay. It looked like that, but it was blood and like clots. In oh, I was like, what? There was a thing in there? No. Okay, it, that makes sense. But it looked sense. like she peed out a betta fish. Like it was this like bundle of, I don't know, cells and And she and didn't have her period? And, like tissue. No, no. Oh, it was just man. this huge, like from the damage in the lining of her uh, urethra and her bladder and she had a UTI. But oh. she, I don't know how you would pass that. First of all, not notice. I guess because it's squishy tissue and blood. Mm-hmm. It just can, it just conforms to the shape of your urethra yeah. and then it just uh, <laughs> explodes out. But it was crazy. <laughs> we passed it around. Man, just n- not to be like, check wow, out but, this urine cup. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, to, but to learn from it, like, have you seen this before medically? It's really, it's interesting. <laughs> and we treated her and she was fine, but I was like, I saw it and I was really concerned, but she was like, not, um, I mean, we didn't show her, but we, she wasn't like, you know, if I see that come out of my urethra, I would be really worried. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, oh, you know, I kind of feel a little weird, but, but not real, not that bad. <laughs> was she older? Mm, probably like 40. Oh, I was imagining a much older, because I think that you lose some of the mm-hmm. sensitivity, right. you know, to like a lot of times older women and men will have urinary tract infections and not even know yeah. it. And right. it'll get so bad that they have confusion or some other symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, yeah. it was a UTI. We treat that. The patient gets better, which yeah. is crazy. We're like, oh my God, they have the beginnings of dementia. And then you treat their UTI and they're totally fine. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a UTI once and I had just the tiniest amount of blood and it freaked me out. Mm. I thought I was dying. I've never seen blood in my urine before. Although, fun story, not fun. Um, when I was a child, I always had trace amounts of blood in my urine. You know how you go for a physical or just whatever, an annual checkup and they yeah. do a urinalysis. Yeah. And they would always find trace amounts of blood in my urine. And uh, they... Huh. Would give my mom, my mom, of course, she's a nurse and she would worry and assume the worst. Um, like I'm having kidney failure or something. That's what she, <laughs> yeah. so what they told her, you know, because there wasn't any UTI, there wasn't any good reason for it. Yeah. So they said, well, it could be a kidney problem, you know, or it could be that she has um, kidneys that are stuck together in the middle, like a frog. And a frog was my favorite animal at the time. So I was like, that's it. That's it. I have kidneys that are stuck together like a frog. <laughs> oh my god! But anyway, it was just this thing that kept happening year after year. And then every once in a while, the doctor would want to follow up with a 24 hour, 24 hour urine collection yeah. and a blood test. And I'm horrible with needle. I mean, mm-hmm. still, I don't like having my blood drawn. I mm-hmm. won't do the things I did when I was a child. But <laughs> um, so the first time this happened, they wanted me to do a 24 hour urinalysis. And I, I packed up my things to run away from home oh my because I'm such a control freak and I didn't want to give my urine to someone. Uh, I don't know. Oh dear. Anyway, I did it, but I didn't put all my urine in the jug. And you know, if you don't, it messes up the test, mm-hmm. but I didn't tell anyone. So they didn't know. <laughs> Suckas. Anyway, <laughs> I don't even know what they're checking for with that. I should look that up. Yeah. But then I had to go get my blood drawn and I was probably in... Uh, going into sixth grade at the time. So I was old enough to know better, but not old enough to act better. Mm -hmm. And so I went to this lab to have my blood drawn and they had to like strap me into this chair, lock me into it because (laughs) I was kicking and screaming and someone had to hold my arm down while the nurse or the, you know, phlebotomist got my blood. And the whole time I was kicking her shins. Oh my God. As hard as I could. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the second time wow. this happened, I was a little older. I think it was in high was school. That last even. Year? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was in high school and I still, you know, I'm just terrified of the doctor and needles. And um this time I think I did the 24 hour urinalysis. I was like, whatever, it's my urine, they can have it. Yeah. But I had to go into some place in the hospital to have my blood drawn mm. and I didn't want to do it. So I made myself pass out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. You really have an aversion though. I really yeah. do. And now you don't, do you sit there quietly and not kick the shins of the phlebotomist? Like yeah. <laughs> now I, I watch cause, but I try not to watch too hard. Cause you know how if somebody watches you mm. do something, it makes you a little nervous and then yeah. you don't do it as well yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I watch and sometimes I don't. Mm-hmm. I'll ask usually because- you ask if you can watch? Yeah. Oh, I feel like, like does that it makes bother you if I nervous. watch is what I say. One, one girl hmm. was like, no, I don't care. When I was pregnant, nobody could get my veins and I stuck myself. You know, she would just get what? so fed up with people trying to get her veins and yeah. she's a phlebotomist and she knows exactly right, where her vein is. Right, so right. anyway, some people, it doesn't bother at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think anyone's ever told me, no, I can't watch before. So yeah. I don't, I, it doesn't bother me if people watch when I'm trying to do an IV, if the patients watch it. Usually they're not, but I'm like, they don't know what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm the expert in that. But um, interesting. Yeah. So what ended up being the conclusion? Nothing. They never determined anything. Did they do like a C? First of all, why, if your kidneys are stuck together, would I you have don't blood? Know. Also, did they ever do an imaging to like no. figure out if your kidneys were stuck together? No. So you you might have middle stuck for I some might. reason. I which, might have one and a half. Who knows what I have in there? Yeah. All I know is I got my blood drawn for no good reason. Well, <laughs> maybe you're rolling to something else was happening. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep all the blood to yourself. Also, people, a 24 hour urine collection is basically this big jug you have to keep on ice. 24 hours and keep your urine in it. All uh, of it. You every drop of urine because of they're go. measuring like protein and all this stuff in 24 hours. And I think the parameters are a normal person in 24 hours should have this much of this, this, and that. So if you don't put all of your urine, you're going to skew those, your results. Mm. That's my guess. I never even thought about it. Whenever I think about 24-hour urines, I get so mad. I just am like, nope. (laughs) I remember doing that for people in the hospital. And they pee in those little hats, you know, you put this thing over the toilet and they pee in it. And then you empty it into the 24-hour urine collection thing. And then you keep it on ice. And oh my gosh, it's a pain. But um, unless they have a catheter and that's really easy. That is easy. You just empty it right into the thing. But sometimes you'll have a patient that, you know, is collecting their urine and then they'll forget one and just flush it and you have to start uh, all over. <laughs> and then the doctor gets mad and you're like, I'm sorry, that. I didn't do it. I didn't even think about that. Um, you've only had one t- UTI? Oh no, I've had oh. many UTI. Okay, I was so like many. so jealous. Like, oh man, <laughs> that's great. No, I've had lots yeah. of UTIs, but um, that was the only one where I ever saw blood. Mm, that's one of my worst blood. fears is a UTI. Mm-hmm. Cause they are the worst thing ever. And I'm always worried. I'm going to start to get one at like nine o'clock at night and I'm going to have to go all night long until the doctor's open. And then they're going to want to test my pee. And then I have to go. I mean, like I am deathly terrified because they're so bad. Mm-hmm. I hate, I mean, they're, you know, it's really painful. It's you constantly feel like you have to pee and your bladder cramps. So you get a crampy feeling. And then when you do pee, it hurts. So it's, Bad. Stings, and, and then you burns. immediately feel like you have to pee yeah. as soon as you're as done. As you're peeing, you feel like you have to, like it's, you're done and you're just <laughs> peeing again and it's burning and you're stinging. It's like the worst feeling. Oh my gosh. And you usually just feel like, oh, your whole belly hurt. Like it's just, anyway, I don't want to talk about it. I feel like I'm going to give myself one just talking about it. I'm going to knock on wood. <laughs> one time I was working night shifts and I was sleeping during the day between two shifts and I kept getting up to pee. And I started by the third time I got up, I was like, Oh no, am I getting a UTI? And by the fourth time I definitely knew I was getting a UTI. Yeah. And I was just like, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to go to the CVS. Gosh, drink plenty of water, folks. Always go pee after you have sex. Um, that really makes clean a difference. Clean yourself, shower. Yeah, that's a, I think like the most clean common. yourself. Hey, clean people, yourself. but not too much. Practice you hygiene. You don't want to mess up that balance. <laughs> don't clean your wreath with hand sanitizer. <laughs> let me just say, that would be a terrible idea. Oh my gosh! Ouch! Can't even think about it. Um. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Um. Do we want to go back to this wine real quick before we leave? Yeah. I feel like we didn't talk about it very much, and I really liked it. But I agree with you. I think it's kind of a, it's less complex. Mm -hmm. There's really just a kind of one flavor for me. If you want, 
I, I think it was uh, $11 at Whole Foods. Um, so if you want just a, you know, I don't know. I don't know what that would be it. good with. Um, I think this would be good with some blue cheese. Oh my God, that would mm. be so good with some blue cheese. Do you have blue cheese? No. Oh. Have blue cheese dressing. <laughs> uh, just pour the dressing down. <laughs> Take a sip nom, of wine. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was, it's it's not bad. I probably wouldn't get it again. I like more, a little more Complexity. depth of flavor. Yeah. Um, but it's drinkable. Like if I want to just like a, something, I couldn't figure it out and I just want to sip on some wine. That's just not bad. It's not bad. I like the name, Aristotle. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's kind of cool. You can get in touch with us to sponsor us or for any other reason, like to share your story or ask a question at www.nurses at gmail.com. You can also um, Instagram us. I always forget. Instagram. (laughs) Instagram us. um, Write us. What's our Instagram handle? www.nurses. Nurses. And check us out on Facebook. Yeah. We have all kinds of fun stuff going on there. Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, Facebook, we post kind of like a weekly recap of, not a recap, but like a touching point and what wine we had. So if you ever- And what points not to touch unless you've washed your hands. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Like, subscribe, share, tell your friends about us. Check out our next podcast, uh, which is going to be airing soon. We'll put the deets on our social medias. Uh, We're going to tell like just fun random stories. I don't know if you guys want to hear Shiz, just write it in. Let us know. And the last thing that we are going to end tonight with is the word of the day. We almost forgot it. Almost forgot it. Almost. It's because Jen's not here to, uh, she's such a good word of the day finder. She is. Yeah. All right. Here's our word of the day. Borborygmy. Come again? Borborygmy. Borborygmy. Mm-hmm. And, what, and what's the definition? Borborygmy. It's something that Takeshi might be experiencing right now. You want to take a guess? Borborygmy. Um, bubbly intestines. Close. Bubbly stomach. Kind of. It has to do with the sound. It's all that rumbling and gurgling in the stomach and gut. It's called borborygmy. Borborygmy. That's the best. It's what it sounds like. Borborygmy. Yeah. That's how your stomach sounds. Borborygmy. Is it only when you're sick or does it? Is it no. just the sound in general? Like when you're digesting food and stuff and you hear the like. It's just that. Okay. <laughs> what you just said and did. Also, us <laughs> nurses really care about your borborygmy. We totally listen to all four quadrants of your abdomen in certain situations to make sure that you have borborygmy going on. And you know what's funny is that now that I've been, you know, a nurse and I know what sounds are what, yeah. you can tell if somebody's stomach growling is from hunger or from gas. It's so funny because if it's from hunger, it's like, you know, it's like that. Yeah. And if it's a gas sound, it's like, <laughs> we both totally By the way, that was Sarah and I simultaneously making the sound that we heard. So you're not fooling anyone. We know when you're about to fart. (laughs) Also, we're listening for peristalsis, but it makes a Borg Borg me sound. Peristalsis is the moving of poo and all digestion through your intestines. And that's the sound it makes. It's such a weird sound. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening, guys. Instead of bye, we're going to say, 